1: The
0: Buck Sexton Show. Mr. Continenti great to have you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's talk a bit about the Jeff Sessions situation. I managed to see some of the hearing this morning. I always get frustrated when the hecklers or whatever we call them, the shouty, protesty people, I can't tell what they're saying because I know it's going to be both belligerent and stupid. I couldn't hear it. Uh, but there's been some of that. And there's a little bit of a dust-up because I think a member of the media said something vile about how Sessions had an Asian grandchild on his lap or something like that. What's going on with the Sessions confirmation so far?
1: Well, from what I can tell, the Sessions confirmation hearing is going remarkably well for Jeff Sessions. Uh, He's been able to answer all of the questions um, and uh, issues uh, thrown at him by the Democrats on the committee um interruptions by the code pink crowd are nothing new on capitol hill um and unfortunately they've, the capitol police has never really figured out a way to prevent them from getting into the hearings but once they start uh interrupting the hearings they're quickly removed and yeah there's some sniping on twitter um by the usual gang of idiots but overall i think uh jeff sessions is having a good first day of, of confirmation hearings
0: now, there's there's been a lot of talk about how they're going to go after him on issues of race. What is the contention that the left has here and how do you think it will be met both by Jeff Sessions and just Republicans who are clearly going to defend him in these hearings if things get nasty?
1: Well, the, uh, the, the major attacks on Sessions uh, go back to uh, comments he is said to have made decades ago uh, about the races. Um, these are denied by him. Uh, there's ample evidence that it's that, hearsay um, and not to be taken seriously. There's, of course, you know, any accusation of racism on Sessions he can easily rebut, I think. Um, he's done a lot of work for the black community in Alabama uh, in his career in politics and as a senator. Uh, there's a photo of him with John Lewis, who is about to testify against him, on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, uh, celebrating the Civil Rights Movement, and indeed Cory Booker, who in, in an unprecedented move is going to testify against him, I I'm not sure what he's going to say. Uh, but uh, Cory Booker has praised him in the past, so um, I think that I think this argument is pretty weak, uh, and it, it's doubtful that it will affect his confirmation. You know, Sessions has a great advantage, which is he's a senator. And um, when you're in the have been in the Senate for as long as he has, uh, some two decades, uh, he has relationships with both Republicans and Democrats. And so, uh, I expect him to him to be confirmed.
0: The stuff that they're saying, though, uh, or that the the left has been putting out there, that he has, is sympathetic to groups such as the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, this is really. You know, is is it because now anything is acceptable to throw at Trump, no matter how untrue or how unfair, that now seems to extend with much of the media to anybody who would work for Trump? Because that's kind of the feeling that I get, although I think that with Mattis and a few others, they'll know to, that they probably can't get away with quite as much. But with Sessions, a lot of the stuff they've been putting out there is is it's just dirty. It's just the worst, and it's obviously not true.
1: Right. Well, the, I mean, the civil rights... Uh... For lack of a better word Institutions have, have always Been against Sessions uh, Because you know he he Thinks that the Voting Rights Act Needs to be modernized that the Situation in the United States today is not the same As it was in 1965 He's very tough on crime um, So if he, he Opposed to many uh, To the agenda of kind of the You know institutionalized civil rights movement In this country which is different By the way from even the majority of Black opinion in America um, on the issue of immigration, for example, I think if you pulled African American communities, you'd find that they probably line up more closely with, with Sessions than than the um, institutional like uh, civil rights organizations like the NAACP. I mean, school choice is another issue where the NAACP really just um, I think disgraced itself uh, last year when late last year when it voted to oppose school choice, basically because it was on the bankroll of the teachers' unions. Well, there are many black families uh, around the country who, who would support school choice, school choice like, like Jeff Sessions does. So I, I think these arguments, the Democrats have to say them uh, because, because the, the civil rights groups are such an important part of their coalition, such as it is now, uh, and they have to fundraise off them. That's always a great way to raise money if you're a Democrat is by accusing Republicans of racism. But I don't actually think they're going to have much effect on Sessions um, or on his confirmation.
0: Is there anybody that you think is going to probably uh, get successfully opposed? Any any senior official that you see real problems for of the of the n- named Trump nominees thus far? Or do you think most will get through with with maybe some bruising to their reputations, but nothing catastrophic?
1: Well, I mean, it, it, look, the Democrats are in the minority. So uh, and it was the Democrats who three years ago changed the rules so that appointees and judges lower than the Supreme Court level can be um, approved uh, into office uh, by a simple majority, majority vote. So The Democrats created that precedent. So it's going to be hard for them to stop. And the real problem would come if something emerged from the hearing or some piece of opposition research made Republicans scared. And there I think you have to look at a few of the candidates, um, uh, Steve Mnuchin, the candidate for Treasury, He's not, really, not well-known in D.C. He's a Hollywood producer and investor. Um, how he'll perform, I think, will be important. Um, Scott Pruitt, uh, you know, he's uh, from Oklahoma. He's a att- state's attorney general. He's incredibly accomplished, but, you know, if there's one core component to the Democratic coalition, it is the environmental uh, movement, and so the Democrats are going to try everything they can to, to stop that. Uh, I would look at Rex Tillerson, again, for the reasons that uh, ExxonMobil is demonized among Democrats. Um, And also, you know, Tillerson has to worry a little bit about um, the Republicans on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee uh, because of his uh, friendliness with Vladimir Putin, or at least his personal relationship with Vladimir Putin. Tillerson's one of the few Americans, I think there are only three, who actually can see Putin uh, who's not, non-president, non-president level Americans who can see Putin um, rather easily, and the other two are Henry Kissinger and Stephen Segal. So I think that might come up in in Tillerson.
0: Well, Stephen Seagal, I mean that makes per- that makes perfect sense, Matt. Let's
1: not get crazy. Well, he uh, Segal and Putin are close friends. I know. Putin Putin just made Segal an honorary citizen of Russia. Who
0: else? I mean, Putin's got judo cover, but who's going to show him the aikido uh, skills okay. that will give him the yeah. edge the next time he's in some hand-to-hand combat?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I I, I I think Tillerson will get through too. It's just um, he'll have to he'll have to uh, perform pretty well. But there's a great report in the Wall Street Journal today about his negotiating style, which is apparently legendary in the business community. And from reading that report, I I don't think Tillerson will have any problem with the the Senate Foreign Relations Committee.
0: What give us a give us a one liner? What's his negotiating style?
1: Sometimes he'll just stare down his opponents. Mainly, uh, these are you know Russian uh oligarchs and the former intel officials but he's been known to stare them down in meetings until they accept his terms he's also been known to like uh strategize temper tantrums right so he'll get up and he'll throw a book across the room entirely on purpose in order to get the uh, uh the guy on the other end of the table to agree to his terms you can see why donald trump would like would like rex
0: wow so rex tillerson doesn't negotiate with people he stares at them until he gets the answers he needs <laughs> yeah <laughs> kind of like
1: chuck norris chuck norris exactly
0: yeah. Tell me a bit about your piece in the Free Beacon uh, on thefreebeacon.com. Send in the head clowns, the delusional Democrats as 2017. Why are they delusional, sir?
1: Well, they think they still run Washington. It's fascinating. Um, you know, we're a few days, we're about a week in into the new reality, but isn't, that reality has not um, uh, intruded on the Democrats' brains. The Democrats have been on a roll, really, since 2005. They took the, they took the Congress in '06. They took the presidency two years after that. And even though they lost the Congress piece by piece, won 2010 the House, 2014 the Senate, they still had Obama, who was basically immune from criticism. So it's only now where you have Trump becoming the president in about 10 days and you have unified Republican control on Capitol Hill that the Democrats should be on their back heels, but they don't realize it. And you listen to Chuck Schumer saying he's going to try to keep the Antonin Scalia seat open, He's going to try to delay some of these cabinet appointments until the spring and early summer. It's delusional. Uh, he doesn't have much power. He's the minority leader. And if he really goes um, you know, head-to-head with McConnell on this first Supreme Court placement, uh, the, the Scalia seats replacement, um, it's very possible McConnell will change the filibuster rules for the Supreme Court. And then that will completely defang the Democrats for as long as they're in the minority.
0: So if they don't play nice, Republicans can up the ante even more. And the precedent was set by Democrats in the first place of getting rid of the filibuster. Right. So there's they they don't really have much. If if they try the serious obstruction game, especially with nominees, nominees to the Supreme Court now, they're going to run into a buzzsaw here. They're going to have some real
1: problems. They very well could, and remember, they're up against somebody uh, that they don't quite understand, and that's Donald Trump. And so far, that their their attacks on Trump are very similar to the attacks uh, that Hillary Clinton and then Trump's Republican nominees made against Trump, and that just don't phase they don't phase Trump, and they don't seem to have any effect on, on his um, on his ability to maneuver or on his ability to uh, get things done. He's still pursuing his. Agenda regardless of what Chuck Schumer throws at him And indeed he called, you know, he responds in kind by calling Schumer the head clown Which is where I got the title for that column So until Democrats realize that they're in the minority And start getting a little bit canny about opposition I think they're in trouble Remember it was Schumer and Rahm Emanuel who in 2006 helped the Democrats take over the Congress By really recruiting candidates, aggressively recruiting candidates who would appeal to white suburbanites and to the white working class. Now, though, uh, their political strategy seems to be to abandon white voters altogether. And I don't think I don't think that's a winning strategy. Let
0: me ask you, uh, Matt, one more before we uh, let you get back to running things over in the Free Beacon newsroom. Uh, If you had to give this administration an epilogue, uh, the Obama administration, what would it be?
1: I think it's Jimmy Carter for two terms. You know, we'd always – the the conservatives have always viewed Barack Obama as Jimmy Carter, and so that's one of the reasons so many of us thought he would only have one term in office. But the truth is he's Jimmy Carter with two terms, and he's still being repudiated. There's no other way in my mind to interpret the last uh, year's election other than a, a repudiation of Barack Obama and his agenda. And even if it, that repudiation isn't personal, I mean, you see this in the polls. Americans like Obama the person; they like Obama the father, especially. Uh, they have really looked down on his agenda since Obamacare in 2010, and as that as that agenda became increasingly estranged from uh, public opinion, from reality, even, um, they've liked it less and less. And so, I think with Trump's election and with unified Republican control in Washington and indeed with the Republican party at its highest point since the 1920s, you you have to see just a very widespread rejection of Barack Obama, just like uh, there was a rejection of Jimmy Carter in 1980.
0: Matt Continetti is the editor-in-chief of the Washington Free Beacon. He is at Continetti on Twitter. Give him a follow. And uh, Matt, Happy New Year to you, sir. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Happy New Year.